Welcome to the Grace's Brave Be Brave podcast. I am Chris Cratcher, and it's great to be with you. You may have been wondering what in the world have I been doing? It's been a little while since I have posted a podcast episode. Well, I've actually been writing and finishing up a book that I'm going to be releasing uh, sometime in October, mid to late October. So look forward to that. No, you are not going to know the title yet or the actual release date of it, but you will if you stay tuned, particularly follow me on Facebook or Instagram. Love to have you connected there. And by the way, just a special thanks once again for all of you who are listening and those especially who are contributing to this podcast. What a wonderful thing that is, and I greatly appreciate all that. So I want to dive into this topic today. You've seen the title, which hopefully would ignite in you enough common sense that if you have little kids around in the car, in the living room, wherever it is that you listen to this stuff, that you would maybe uh, help them to uh, be removed from listening to this. Why? Because I am going to be dropping the F-bomb several times in this episode. And I know some of you are out there thinking, well, why do you need to do that? Come on, you're a grace guy. Come on, you're a spiritual guy. You're this Jesus guy. Why would you use the F word? Let me tell you something. In the climate that we have in American Christianity and what is happening to people who are being oppressed by American Christianity, especially the conservative right-wing variety, the evangelical side of things, sometimes there are only certain words that can really articulate and begin to express what people are going through and what is the reality that we have within so much of American Christianity. And so I choose that word because I consider myself to be an artist and sometimes you have to paint you have to paint in black. And if you don't like it, that's fine. That's cool. I totally get it. You can turn off now. You can uh, bypass this podcast. But I will say that um, I use words to communicate and not just to communicate for myself, but for other people. And um, I don't think there's any word that should be out of the uh, palette, the uh, spectrum of what can and sometimes should be used to communicate, especially for those who are hurting. And these are the only words that can truly express what they are feeling. And so I do it and I stand by it. But let's get to it because today I want to talk about unfucking the church. Because there are people, and maybe it's you listening, who would say, man, the church has done nothing less but fucked me. I mean, it has screwed me over. It has ruined my life. It has wasted my time. It has uh, been the direct influence in the suicide of people. It has been the cause of much harm. It's been the cause of much hurt. It has destroyed relationships. It has depressed. It has discouraged. It has misled. And it has abused countless people. And maybe you're here and that's how you're feeling. And I think there's a lot of dialogue now. There's a lot of um, conversation about what the hell are we going to do about this? Because this is a problem. 
And Jesus has been so misrepresented, so misunderstood, so miscommunicated, so mis, uh, just directed. And, you know, it's just terrible. And many of us feel that way. And it's becoming a widespread pandemic on top of the pandemic that we already have. And so there's a lot of talk as to what in the world do we do? How do we, how do we turn the Titanic around? How do we cure this thing? What's the vaccine that needs to be taken for what American Christianity has become? And I say American Christianity because it's not just within conservative evangelical circles, though that is the primary source of infection. It's, it's, it's permeated into most every aspect of church life in American Christianity and I'm obviously beyond, but I want to talk about, about, about American right now. And I know, listen to me, I know from firsthand experiences, there are some churches to which this podcast does not apply. I mean, they're not perfect churches, but man, when it comes to getting this kind of stuff, right, that we're going to talk about when it comes to really trying to be a force for good and unconditional love and affirmation and inclusion and all those good things they are they are over they are on top of that they may not get it all the time but when it happens or when it starts to seep in man their radar screens light up the bells go off and they get to it and make sure that it gets dealt with but those are those churches are few and far between i've actually attended only one in my entire 20 some years of ministry they're out there. And so if you're a part of one of those churches, thank you. Keep on going. But for the 99% of the rest of us, it isn't that way. And that's not been our experience. And so the conversation comes to this reality of what are we going to do? How are we going to unfuck a fucked up church? And as you might guess, I have a couple ideas. And really, they're just two central ideas that I think would go a long way, if not all the way, to accomplishing this task and getting the church back. And um, you're not going to like what I say. You're, you're probably going to be like, oh, God. And what I say is probably going to challenge and speak from a perspective, from an angle that you may not have considered and you may not even like. So I just say that to you right off. But when it comes to this idea of unfucking the church, I think we've got to start from a couple places or we're not going to ever get anywhere that's going to be meaningful and lasting. When I was a kid, one of the things that I had to do as a child for a chore was to pick the prickle weeds in the lawn. Now, a prickle weed is prickly on the top, and then, of course, it's got a root system. Well, my father... Every summer when these things would sprout up, would say, hey, Chris, I need you to go out in the lawn. Here's your job for a couple of weeks, your chores, and you need to get these things up. And my father kindly came up to me 
knelt beside me as I'm picking these things out of the grass. And he said, hey, Chris, let me give you a little pointer. If you really want to get these things gone, instead of just picking them off from the top so that you can't see them, you take the extra time and you dig down and you pull them up by the root. That way, next summer, you're not going to be doing this crap again. And I was like, wow. So I could take a little bit of extra work now so that I don't have further work then. Now that little insight has followed me in my life and I think it really applies to what we need to do in terms of this whole reality of American Christianity and what's going on with church and church life. And that is to, let's not just look at it and say, okay, we're just going to deal with some of the visuals that we can see, some of the surface issues, but let's dig this damn thing up from the roots and unfuck it completely. And so I start idea number one is that we need to realize that the church is dead. Some people say, well, we just need to burn the church to the ground. No, it's already to the ground, right? Your church life is a dead thing. It's filled with death. There's almost essentially nothing good about it. For 99% of the people experiencing church today, there's, I mean, we need to, some people talk about this. Well, we need to just deconstruct our faith in another podcast. I go into this in great depth, but here's the certain and simple reality. You have already already been deconstructed. Conservative evangelicalism and all those aspects of Christianity have already fucked you. You are already deconstructed. You, You have been told every and lie possible. You have been told that you are separated from God, that you're depraved, that you can't trust your heart, that you're wrong, that you can't even uh, come to faith unless God does a certain act of grace within you, that you need the church, that you need to repent, that you need to confess, that you need an accountability part, you need worship, you need tithing, you need prayer, you need Bible study. Listen, the church has already fucked you. The church has nothing good It's already dead. Some of you ain't going to like what I just said. Your faith is already essentially dead. You've been fed lies. You've been deconstructed. You've been, you've absorbed and believed. And, And so there's only resurrection. There is no more deconstructing. There is no more trying to break down and burn down the church. It's, Listen, that you're doing something that's already happened. But until we awaken to the fact that, oh my gosh, my faith is essentially dead. My, the church that I go to, the church, whatever, those things are already dead fundamentally. Then things won't get better because you're just going to be taking apart the church from what you can see superficially and not digging out the root of it. It's just going to come back and it's just going to come back because why? Because you're not dealing with the real issues. 
that are under the surface that are the root. And part of the root is realizing that you have been deconstructed. And because you have deconstructed, the whole church has been already burned. It's dead. It's dark. It's black. It's tainted with evil from the root. And so the first thing I want to put out there in terms of unfucking the church is realizing it's already fucked. And your faith is already fucked. You've been fucked by so much of American Christianity. And the quicker we are willing to admit that and recognize that, the quicker we can be on the business of resurrecting. Because there is only resurrecting now. And it's not reconstruction because there's nothing to reconstruct. It's it's a pure, whole resurrection. And so idea number one for unfucking the church is we need to realize that our our understanding of the Bible is fucked. To actually believe in any stretch of the imagination that the Bible is the perfect word of God, that he wrote it, that um, that it should be the primary or even the most important formant to our faith is fucked. That right there, until and and. And, you know, when we're about the business of defending our faith and turning to the Bible as the primary informant, as if it's this God uh, scripted and, and uh, you know, divinely written book that perfectly reveals the heart and nature of God. And that needs to be the foundation and the primary informant of our faith that until we, we we've got to awaken to the reality that that is a fucked idea. And that using the Bible to be the primary informant, to be the defender of our faith, to be the sole source of our faith, to be the primary source, to be what we use to defend and, and even articulate our faith, that is fucked. Now, I know some of you do not like and are going to have a hard time putting your heart, faith, and mind around what I just said. but I believe it to be true. I've seen what that kind of belief does and how it's used. Listen, if, if God wrote the Bible and scripted in a perfect spiritually divine way, that is supposed to be the primary informant of your faith and the defender of your faith and the sole way that you express your faith, then, then, Jesus would have never be sent. And I know what you're going to say. Well, how do we know Jesus if we don't know the Bible? Let me tell you something. You, you don't have to have the Bible to know Jesus. Jesus is all and in all, my friend. He is here, there, and everywhere. And most importantly, his mind and his presence are within you. And I think one writer in the Bible started to get to that essence and that truth realizing that that it's the spirit that guides us in all truth 
it's the revelation that happens within you that is to be the primary informant of your faith. It's the mind of Christ that is within you that is to be the primary primary informant of your faith. It's not the Bible. It's not something outside of you. It's something within you. And let me just tell you this. There's nothing more dangerous and potentially evil in the entire world than a person who is reading the Bible in front of them who has not learned how to read the mind of Christ that is within them. And I'm telling you, that Bible has been the source of more antichrist ideas, actions, attitudes than anything else. And we have been fucked by this conspiracy theory that the Bible is the word of God. That it should be this end-all, be-all foundation for our faith. That if we don't have the Bible, how can we defend and live and walk and breathe as God would have us to? That is fucked. And until we awaken to that, until we embrace the reality that that is a death idea and belief, we're just picking prickle weeds off the surface and not getting to the bottom of how to really unfuck what's going on spiritually, religiously, throughout Christianity. Is the Bible an important book for us in our spiritual lives? Sure. Is it a sacred book? Can be. But it is just one of many. And it is way far below what we should hold together as important and informing to our faith. It is way below how we should value and access the mind of Christ that lives within each of us. And some people would say, well, can you trust your mind? I mean, there's a lot of crazy people out there. Can you trust the spirit, the mind of Christ within you? I say, I say absolutely a lot more than you can trust what people are already doing with the Bible outside of them. How many wars, how many genocides, how many terrible atrocities, racism, uh, genocide, how many of those things have come because of the interpretation and the abuse and misuse of the Bible outside of them? And you want to talk to me about the potential consequences of what come come if you read the mind of Christ that is already within you. Hogwash! Step back. Don't even come to me with that crap. And so we need to realize that our understanding of the Bible and using it to defend ourselves and using it as this, this sole foundation and primary informant to our faith is fucked because the more we do that the more we miss the the mind of christ his presence within the the universe that is within us the the the, the ability to access and, and put on these glasses that help us understand and see the world as jesus as the universe would have us see it as the god who is love would have us see it and understand it 
if you're looking for a world through worldview through the Bible, you you that is Fox. And the second thing is that our concept of church is fucked. Jesus never created the church. And you say, well, what about the book of Acts and all that stuff? Who wrote that stuff, may I ask? May I ask who wrote that? Who who decided that that all church thing in the book of Acts was a movement of God? Who, who, who said that that's the way it is? Was the church even created as we understand it, where it's this fellowship and this gathering together and hearing the word of God and breaking bread and all? Is that, are we even sure that that's even intended? By God? See, because I think we've been fucked in our understanding of what church is. You know why? Because here, here's here's what I see is the truth. Here's the root. Listen, church is you. It's nothing more and it's nothing less than you. You are a walking trinity in skin. You are the universe wrapped in a living, breathing package. You have the spirit. You have the mind of Christ. You have everything of God within you. One writer, believe it or not, in the Bible started to get onto this idea and another text outside of the Bible get onto this, that, that you lack no spiritual blessing. Everything that is necessary in the divine and with the divine is within you. You are the church. Loving people, serving people, helping people, befriending people, that is human work. That is not church work. See, this idea that church is this place that you go. Listen, if church to you is a place that you go, you will never, ever get there. Because it's not a place and it's not even a people. Well, what do you say when Jesus said, when two or more are gathered in my name, there I am? Do you, do you not understand that the context of that that statement could very well be that people understood the reality that that you definitely have the presence of Christ when you're in an individual moment, but they 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 might have not thought that you could have the presence of Christ in with you when you're gathered even among other people, even of like mindedness. And so 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 Jesus is asserting that it doesn't matter who you're with or when you're with them or how you're with them. If you're alone, you're with other people, you're always a damn church and I'm always with you. Why? Because you are the church. You alone, wherever you are, with people, without people, <coughs> happy, sad, doesn't matter. You are the church. And you don't need a pastor. You don't need an accountability partner. You don't need fellowship. You don't need small groups. You don't need worship. You don't need tithing. You don't need communal prayer. You don't need any of that. Those are 
potentially good, but they're not necessary. And see, the reason why American Christianity, conservative evangelicalism, right-wing Christianity hates the idea that the Bible could not be divine and perfect and church might not be something that's required and necessary for faith is because without the Bible, without church, they can't control you. Oh my God. Is anybody getting this? Is anybody waking up? You say, well, how do you know all this? I've been a freaking pastor. I was a pastor for 20 some years within conservative evangelicalism. I've seen it. I've done it. And I know it to be true. The reason why it's so important for American Christianity to believe that the Bible is necessary and primary and the defender of our faith and all that goo black lie is because they can use it to control you and guilt you and manipulate you and cause you fear. And the reason why they need you to believe that you need the church, that you can't be a genuine follower of Jesus if you're not going to church in some form, if you're not hanging around believers, you're not the real deal, is because they can use that to control you, to get your money, to get your tithe, to get your uh, service, to get your energy, to manipulate. But when we recognize that we have the mind of Christ within us and we are the church as an individual, we don't need it. We don't need the Bible. We don't need the church. When we re- That idea sends them into a tantrum and a tailspin because they, all of a sudden they cannot control. And they cannot condemn you. They cannot control you. They cannot manipulate you. And they cannot cause you to be unraveled and discouraged and to be submissive to them and their faith system. They cannot conform you and they cannot control you. Because with the Bible, with this idea of church, with this idea of the Bible, we have been fucked. And unfucking it can only come when we awaken to the reality that the Bible is a human book. It's an important book. It's a spiritual book, but it is not to be the primary informant to your faith. It is not the perfect word of God. It is not the perfect representation of who God is and how God works and his ways and what he does and how he feels and how he thinks. And church is not required. Church is not necessarily even God's idea. You know what God's idea is? Is that you have the mind of Christ. You are the church. And Love and care and service and compassion and acceptance and affirmation are are human basic things. They're human basic things. They're not radical. They're not religious. They're human basic fucking things that everybody can and everybody should be doing whether or not and what they do, what what are they, what, whatever they believe and whatever they subscribe to, these are basic universal divine 
attributes of being a human being. You don't need the Bible. You don't need church to be everything that God wants you to be and reflect everything that God is. It's about unfucking the church because church is is a fucked system. Belief. And we have been fucked. And until we realize that and embrace that and start to recognize that, there can be no resurrection. Grace is brave. Be brave. (laughs) 